0: Beep!
1: Beep! richie! Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it?
0: What a note say, Dan. Cat dead. Details later.
2: See,
1: the police mm-hmm. are always off track with this shit. If they watch Prom Night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula! Everybody's a suspect! Yo, what's up guys and gals? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Pigs podcast. I'm your host, Trashmouth, and this week, my guest is the legendary Jason McMaster, vocalist of the many bands, Dangerous Toys, Igniter, Broken Teeth, Cassius King, and many more. Now, before we get into this week's interview, I just want to say that I did fuck up and say that The Exorcist dropped in 74 when it actually dropped in 73. That was my bad. I just had a quick brain fart based on the uh, way the discussion was going. You'll see what I mean. And also, I just want to say that there's also a really cool part in this episode where he showed me something on camera so I will be putting that video up on the social media so if you want to see that make sure you're following me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget that the Patreon is live for two dollars a month and here's this week's interview. How's it going man? Thank you for coming on the show yeah no problem well before we hop into the uh horror movie stuff i usually ask a few music questions you know just to see you know what's going on with you and music i know you just started a well at least i know that you have your debut album coming up for your new band uh cassius king do you mind telling me a little bit about that and you know uh some of the details behind that
2: yeah i uh i had to basically ask my own series of questions when i when i started working with these guys i was like what explain the name to me and i know that that's uh, I hadn't, I hadn't even started press on that record yet, but, mm. uh, so I guess you're the first. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's exact. It's kind of a play on words. Cash is King, uh, Dan Lorenzo, the sort of mastermind behind this thing. He, uh, I just said, what, what's up with the name, dude? And he was like, Cassius King. And I said, well, what, is that a person? Is it a place? What is it? He's like, no, my, you know, my dad or my uncle, I don't even remember anymore. I'm an old man. So he, he was like, yeah, uh, my dad, I guess, uh, told me a long time ago, cash is king, you know, if you ain't got a car, you can't do anything. And if you don't have a bank account, you can't do anything. So you're gonna have to figure out how to make money. And, and it was a play on words and it kind of stuck with him and it, and when you said it, it sort of rolled off the tongue. So he just started using it for a few different of his prod, you know, as a name for a few of his projects. Yeah. And it kind of stuck. Now, when I look at the name, I don't think anything like the play on words at all. I think of, you know, something that's kind of strength, you know, like a, yeah. something powerful, but, but in, you know, highly intelligent. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's not controversial at all. The, yeah, the, the name, once he explained how he really had that name, it, it's not controversial at all, but. Upon seeing it, just the way that I saw it was like, well, you got Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay. Yeah. And then I automatically thought of uh, Martin Luther King. Hell yeah. And uh, and that's strength because, you know, those guys came, they they worked their ass off to create the personas and the stances and the, uh, you know, those dudes were legit. Yeah. (laughs) So they pissed a lot of people off and they were uh they were movers and shakers and they had big ego and they were they were just badass yeah but so when i saw the name at first i didn't even question it that was just my take on it so now you know the the history behind that mm-hmm. but i've known dan lorenzo for a long time uh he was in a a band from out of jersey called hades oh yeah in, in the 80s <laughs> i like to say and uh the Hades frontman man, Alan Tecchio, and I were became pen pals in the mid 80s, about 85, because the whole tape trading and fanzine thing with underground metal was a really big deal to me and to him. And it was how you met people. There's no digital. There's no Internet. There's no podcast. There's nothing. It's all mm. liquor stamps. It's all how you com- how you compiled anything was phone calls expensive phone calls <laughs> and uh and and handwritten letters
1: yeah it's crazy how long distance phone calls like it's just a thing of the past almost you know of course like you call overseas it makes a difference but like nowadays calling somebody in a completely different state makes no difference where back in the day that was some extra money coming out your pocket or, or you
2: just do this
1: yeah you do Save.
2: this yeah so to kind of throw uh to to make a bonfire out of a match real quick uh alan ended up taking my place in watchtower and i mean you know we've both moved on since then but yeah he he took my place in watchtower when i joined dangerous toys and now i'm front i mean all of the other three dudes in cassius king at one point were in hades (laughs) so the joke between me and alan now is you know hey you replace me and i'll i'll replace you this will be fun right yeah so whether it took, you know, 35 years for all of that to be a running joke, that's fine. But <laughs> At least you uh, laugh at it now, though. <laughs> well, you know, we're all, you know, older gents here now. And, yeah. and uh, there's, you know, the dr- low drama is good. And me and Alan are, we've never been that close, but we have a lot of love and respect for each other. Um, just because that's just kind of who we are but now you know a little bit about me what about you where are you from what are you doing why are we doing this
1: i'm from uh north carolina i pretty much just i like playing music and well and i love horror movies but uh playing music around here is kind of hard it's not many people you know it's not like a very big scene or nothing like that and um so and then what
2: part of north carolina are you at
1: uh elizabeth city i'm about uh an hour south of virginia beach so Okay. Yeah. So that's where I go up to watch music and stuff, you know, and I used to play in uh, a band and everything like back in the day, like locally. But so I was trying to look for something that kind of, you know, do my creative outlet again, you know, because, but I wasn't really sure I wanted to do a band necessarily again. And then uh, I wanted to do something kind of horror related. So this is just kind of what I came up with, you know, interviewing musicians that I admire about, you know, horror movies that I love. So
2: that sounds fun.
1: Oh, yeah. You have uh, also are known for, you know, like you said, you mentioned a couple of your other projects, you know, Dangerous Toys. You know, you also do Igniter and uh, uh, Broken Teeth. Do you have any uh, other music that's on the w- way at all? Or are you just kind of focused on the uh, Cassius King stuff right now?
2: There, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things out there that I'm involved in. Yeah, some of them are a little bit dormant at the moment. I uh, speaking of dormant. I just um, it's not actually available digitally or even on a shelf somewhere yet. Uh, but I, I've got boxes of them behind me. Um, I had a band in uh, that I played bass and sang for between 1998 and 2003. Yeah, and it was called Godzilla Motor Company. Oh, yeah godzilla motor company recorded during that that era we recorded we wrote and recorded 16 songs well the the sessions the very last sessions that we did i call them the lost tapes those files have been reopened and all 16 songs were recorded in one session yeah so it's an album i mean I don't know who puts sixteen songs on an album anymore, unless unless you're the you know the Ramones live album or <laughs> uh, DRI live album because their songs are a minute and a half long and shit. But yeah, uh, when you think about sixteen songs on an album, that's a lot. That's over an hour of music, and it's you know it's 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 probably some of the best music I've ever written. I say music because I don't really know where to put it. Now it's it it is metal, it is hard rock, it is it's yeah. melodic, but it has thrash. It has, I mean, I don't know, maybe we were following a little bit of the trends. You heard me say the year, the, you know, the era that we did. Yeah. Uh, you know, because the, maybe the melodies are a little grungy by way of Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. But then you, I hear UFO, which is a 70s hard rock icon. I hear, I don't even want to put it in a box. Yeah. Uh, but it's heavy it's thrashy it's brooding put it this way we're on the ceiling meaning we're playing super fast some blast beat shit yeah and then we're in the valley like sabbath or sleep hell yeah and and so there's a lot of uh but it's but like i said it's melodic there's harmonies you know i love playing bass i don't get to play bass very often anymore anyway we we dusted that off and it's it's gonna it's coming out and there's it's we we played a few mi- music festivals. We uh we did a couple of cool gigs. We uh won South by Southwest. We got to play with Duff McKagan's loaded. Oh yeah. And uh that was that was awesome. Yeah. Uh because it you know, his thing was kind of punk. He was doing kind of a an old school punk thing for a second. And um uh, we got uh the rhetoric was, you know, the in there was pundits and industry people calling Godzilla Motor Company sci fi Metallica. That's what they called it. And <laughs> I, was yeah. like, I was fine with that. I was like, hell yeah, you call it whatever you want. But that's pr- because I, I approve of that. Yeah. I don't know what else to call it either. So they really there was a lot of music going during that time that no one knew what the hell it was. No one knew where to put it or what to call it because of where the music business was going. Well, yeah. see, do we go heavy? It's alternative? grunge is still kind of big what are we doing it's you know it's 98 it's 2000 it's 2000 oh i can't do it anymore you know it's one of those things i also uh am starting to write the third record with a project i am involved with uh called howling sycamore oh yeah howling sycamore was on prosthetic records uh the first two records on prosthetic who knows what the third one will be on because we the you know things got weird and and uh you know times got weird as you know yeah and uh so we don't know where where we're going with it now but we we have to write the new material anyway and that has begun and howling sycamore is like i don't know what yeah Floyd and black sabbath kind of weird shit meets fate's warning and merciful fate oh yeah meets i don't know what odd time signatures a little progressive a little psychedelic sometimes yeah very melodic but very uncomfortable even when it's mellow hell yeah uh the last record marty friedman played a solo on the ballad uh it's it's an awesome fun uh project the interesting thing is is the mastermind on that is a is an italian musician guitar player mm uh, by the name of David Tiso, who has, in the past, probably seven years, has moved to uh, the Bay Area, San Francisco. Okay. And um, I did a reunion, with, a reunion with Watchtower in 2004, and actually his old death metal band Ifal Duath, I hope I'm saying that right. Was on the bill, and we didn't even meet watchtower was one of the headliners with uh, sieges even a German progressive thrash metal band and anyway um, it was like a Prague fest but it was in uh, it was the headway festival in amstelveen Holland in, oh, yeah. in 2004 and and David's band was on the bill we didn't even meet I had yeah. never heard of his band I wasn't looking to meet so he just contacted me out of the blue and asked me if I wanted to uh, collaborate. And here we are working on our third record. The interesting thing is, I said I'd, we never met back in 2004. I think he contacted me in like 2014 to start, start working on this Howling Sycamore stuff. Yeah. Guess what? We still have not met.
1: <laughs> He's been writing remotely the whole time i recording remotely and stuff.
2: Oh, we write the songs. They produce the records. The records come out. We get all the. We do all this press. We lots of fanfare. We were on the list. Of, we were on the best of list of, uh, you know, year before's uh, uh, best prog metal records or something. We were like in the top twenty or something. Yeah. We still never met. Hell yeah.
0: Hey. Pretty wild. I also
2: yeah. have a have a band called Evil United, which has three records out. Oh, yeah. um, that's like a thrash band and then i have another there's a lot of shit going on i got a lot of stuff going on hell yeah uh, writing a lot of songs i started writing country music i write christmas songs and i don't mean like you know heavy metal christmas songs yeah I mean like tearjerker grandma likes it classic crooner sometimes jazzy you know pop- yeah pop- Christmas music. <laughs> you know? The shit you
1: usually you, you usually hear on the radio, like during oh, no, that time of year and it's stuff. It's
2: really man. hard to write a classic Christmas song that sounds like comfort food. Yeah. Just like it's hard to write a really good, like outlaw country song that's far away from Nashville as you can get it. Yeah. More lonesome cowboy, sad out on the trail by yourself, hungry and wet. <laughs> your best friend's a fucking ugly dog or something right your horse right yeah that's the kind of country i'm writing that's the kind of kind of christmas music i try to write oh yeah not very good at it yet but i'm really trying hard and it's a challenge
1: yeah not bad i couldn't imagine trying to write christmas music because you're in a weird spot where you like you want to sound like the old stuff but you don't want to sound like you're ripping it off either you know what i mean like and a lot well, of Christmas I'd, stuff.
2: I'd rather rip it off than sound, you know, than, than sound like some of the crap that's out there. Yeah. Very
1: true. <laughs> so no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And, uh, and kind of my last music question, but it uh, deals with horror as well. Uh, you ended up doing uh, you and the guys in igniter ended up doing a uh, hatchet, the ballad of Victor Crowley. How'd you end up linking up with Adam green and uh, making that happen? He's a huge,
2: Adam is a huge, dangerous toys fan. Hell yeah. Like, like bigger than most yeah and you you might you might know that if you just if you like met him or talked to him or or check out his podcast and just or see what his studio looks like you you might go oh this guy's a metal head this guy sings in a band this guy you could tell this guy so you know victor crowley he created in high school yeah and he ran with it and then he got into heavy you know he was into heavy metal so it was easy to like you know, you like Iron Maiden because you you, you you bought the record because of Eddie on the cover. And then the next thing you know, you're right. Yeah. If, if you like horror movies, you probably like heavy metal and you understand where it's coming from. Oh yeah. Um, you probably understand Cannibal Corpse and where they're coming from with, you know, gore, death metal type shit. And how yeah. that sort of would... Well, that's blossoming. That's a bouquet of that's a smorgasbord of of why heavy metal and horror films yeah so i get your idea of what you want to do here i totally get it it makes total sense to me adam green would agree um adam green contacted me uh he was you know he was on my like twitter feed or something and he dm'd me or something this was years ago now and he said Hmm. something like uh uh, hey, you know, if uh, uh, if you have some other music laying around, I sure would like to try to put it in one of my films. And he started talking about Hatchet and other things that he was doing, and I was like, "Oh, I've heard of that. I know that." You know, yeah. it's hard to, I can't keep up, man. I've got my own problems, you <laughs> know, uh, un, unfinished art projects that I need to, you know. So it's hard for me to just. I don't follow the stream yeah Uh, much of uh you know of either horror or what's happening in in music just because i'm i'm trying to trying to get my shit done you know yeah Uh, but he 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 said that and i was like wait a minute and so i did some research on him and i was like holy damn you know he came down to san antonio i put him on the guest list for a dangerous toy show and he was ecstatic and he got back to me and i called him out in the crowd i dedicated a song to him or some shit, and blew his mind and we started chatting more. He and uh he he basically got me got me and the igniter guys. I was making a record with Igniter is is what really happened. So Yeah. It was easy for me to just sort of throw that uh into the mix of what he was looking for to do. And yeah. I was extremely happy to have, you know, a song on the uh an installment of the Hatchet series at the very end of the credits it's it it sounds cool and it's a perfect song for those credits rolling yeah i was extremely happy i I mean i watched it on like hbo or some shit i was like man that's cool (laughs) hell yeah it's like hearing yourself on the radio for the first time you're like man that's cool somebody somebody out there is looking out for little me and that's great
1: yeah and like you said heavy metal and horror already kind of works well but the hatchet series is definitely like a perfect film for a heavy metal song like that it's a perfect fit and it tells the story perfectly too. Like you said, so
2: yeah, especially the style, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where the title of, uh, you know, hatchet parentheses, the Ballad of Victor Crowley comes from is related to is a West Craven thing that I was involved with. Oh, hell uh, yeah. You know where I'm going with this?
1: No, actually I don't. Okay.
2: okay. So here it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Notice our segue is here is excellent. Yes, perfect. I fall into the movie stuff, horror. Okay, so Wes Craven had a film called Shocker. Yes, which I'm sure you know all about. So, uh, Dangerous Toys had
1: a song on the soundtrack for Shocker. Did you know that? No, actually, I know that the soundtrack is killer and I've listened to it kind of like just like throwing on the whole soundtrack, but it's hard to find nowadays. So, it's like you kind of yeah. got to just start on YouTube and stuff. But
2: yeah, it's out of print. Yeah. Uh me and a couple of the toys guys did some cool promo with that with Alice Cooper and uh Iggy Pop and uh Dave Mustaine. Oh yeah. Uh, on MTV on a Halloween special that Alice Cooper was uh was hosting and it was a perfect promo for the movie because we could get all these people who all played on the soundtrack in a room to do a couple of skits that's on YouTube and yeah. I'm just I'm just freaking out because I'm like I could reach a, six inches away and touch Iggy Pop, Dave Mustaine, and Alice Cooper. Oh, yeah. I, I'm breathing on them. Yeah. And the cameras are rolling, and I'm doing skits with them. You know, it's, it, it's super silly. It's on YouTube. Yeah. And we're, it, we're promoting the movie Shocker. Oh, and uh, Mitch Pileggi. I hope I said that name right, from, you know, who was on uh, The X-Files, and uh, he, the star of Shocker,
0: Yeah,
2: uh, plays Horace Pinker if you know the movie shocker, that's the main character. Okay. So Mm -hmm. he's there too. And I'm an X-Files fan. So it's crazy, right? I'm in here with these and it's me and Mike Watson, bass player, dangerous toys. And we're doing, and I'm just like half smiling, trying to not lose my mind because I'm in a room doing skits and there's cameras rolling, uh, with my idols. So I'm so such a fanboy. I'm having to like, okay, be cool try to keep try to be cool stay cool stay cool and it's really hard And you can kind of tell now that you know that i'm fessing up on all this when you watch that shit you're gonna go man look at him cheesing out he's just, <laughs> he can't even be cool next to those guys and like i mean could you <laughs> hell Holy no hell no i'd be freaking i'm freaking out right anyway it's it's been a that's one of the charms of my life and one of the greatest moments to to be able to just be there i've got yeah. a framed photo of uh from that day, uh, over there here in my office, I've got a frame photo from MTV studios. It's, it's Mike and me and Mitch and Alice and Iggy and, uh, Dave Mustaine all standing in a row with, I think some, uh, I think it was like a contest winner Mm -hmm. signed up to win something, you know, for, for headbangers, ball t-shirts, something. And they got to come and take a photo with all of us. Yeah. So that's the photo that I have over there. Anyway, um, the song, the Dangerous Toys song on the soundtrack, the Shocker soundtrack, is called Demon Bell, parentheses, The Ballad of Horace Pinker. Oh, yeah. Forward years and years later, years and years later, Igniter does a song called Hatchet, parentheses, The Ballad of Victor Crowley. Yeah. And that title was adam and his people like movie like war room you know what are we going to write about let's work on this scene they're all at a table they came up with that title for the song and it's perfect yeah it ties in with my sort of lore and lineage
1: yeah hell yeah and shocker was already taken by wrath of men or whatever
2: yeah and they're both uh they're both uh Oh yeah. Dudes of Wrath.
1: Dudes of Wrath. I'm sorry. The movie, yeah, the new movie that, got me mixed up. Yeah.
2: And that's okay. And that was members Dudes of Wrath was actually Paul Stanley and Tommy Lee and members of Motley Crue and Kiss. Yeah. As far as I remember.
1: Oh yeah. No, that whole soundtrack was awesome. Uh, I've definitely heard, a uh, like a majority of that story sprinkled throughout cause I I'm a patron of the movie crypt and stuff. So I do listen to like Adam's podcast and stuff, but he like mentions cool. it here or there. I've never heard like the full story. So it was awesome yeah. to hear it. Plus of course, you know, for the, for my podcast sake, it was nice, you know, to, it's a nice leeway. So.
2: Well, if you get on the, if you get on the chat in Adam's podcast, tell Adam that I said, hello.
1: I definitely will. uh, Yeah,
2: if you get in the, does he have an open forum going while he's online?
1: In the Patreon, there's a little community where you can like post things, and they like they'll respond to it. Like when they get a chance. So I definitely will post in there. Awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's a really he's a he's smart, fun, uh, creative, uh, not afraid to try to make. So Obviously, look at his movies. Yeah. I mean, so much blood.
0: Yeah.
2: So
1: much blood. He created one of my favorite kills of all time in that first movie when uh, he rips the old lady's head completely apart. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah, hey, I have
2: something to show you, and I have to get up, and I apologize if this is quirky, but it's really close by. But I'm going to want to hold this up to the camera. Because oh, yeah. You're going to shit, okay? It'll take two seconds. I'll be right back. Go ahead. You might be able to hear me talk while I go get it. <clears throat> so, Adam, uh, of the Victor, Victor movie, the Victor, you know, Hatchet, the last installment the one that igniter was involved with you know we wrote the song for
0: yeah
2: uh so he wanted to do a video and just a lot of shit hit the fan and he's he's not exactly proud of the editing that he got to do on uh the, the video that that igniter made for the mo- for, you know for hatch for the song hatchet yeah but the idea that we had was that and people can look up the video hatchet ballad of of uh, of victor crowley by igniter it's on youtube and adam edited that and uh he he put in a bunch of scenes from the hatchet series mm-hmm. and uh we we filmed that video it was a crazy time for me too uh i i won't get into that because it's a bummer and we're on a roll here yeah. uh but it was a hard time for for adam and it was a hard time for me yeah but there's you know we do this thing in the video where all of a sudden there's, we just start bleeding, right? There's, it's actually coming down from above and dripping on us, but yeah, you can't really see it on us. All of a sudden we just start turning red. Like we become bloody and what it is is it's, we're it's, it's literally raining blood on us. Mm. And I had a microphone prop that had like a, a siphon pump on the other end and someone's siphoning blood. And I had a microphone that would basically spurt just spit blood all over my face when they yeah. <laughs> they pumped this thing and I I had to throw it away it was just a hunk of plastic with a with a uh, you know a highball microphone one of these over the top of it right yeah which I thought was you know pat myself on the back a little bit kind of genius you know as far as movie props go the bleeding microphone there's a whole other story behind that that is very paranormal maybe i can tell it later so we had to make blood yeah we had to make blood bladders oh yeah we i'd never done that before and i just made my own blood i don't even remember how i made it but the very last batch of blood that they had on the movie set adam sent to me
0: oh hell
1: yeah
2: so it actually this is his writing or one of his studio guys that says hatchet blood
1: that's awesome
2: (laughs) yeah i mean i've never opened it i don't know what it smells like let's open it let's freaking open it
1: hell
0: yeah
2: it doesn't really smell
1: yeah now they probably try to do their best to get people to not react to it i'm guessing you know what i mean
2: yeah this is a 30 ounce bottle i should probably shake it up (laughs) it's been on the shelf for years Hell yeah anyway just that's pretty cool right
1: yeah, no, definitely. This
2: is the actual blood they used in the movie.
1: Hell yeah. I'm surprised they had any left as much as they used in the movie. <laughs>
2: well, they probably made, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Thousands of gallons. I don't, yeah. know, I don't even want to know what a pain in the ass that would be. But
1: True. anyway, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, that's awesome yeah man
2: it really is awesome because you know there's probably people like you and your cohorts and and fans who collect that shit they're probably jealous right now <laughs> ask him how much he wants for it you know
1: hell yeah one day you need to get that uh, like pressed into a guitar or something <laughs>
2: Man, that would be cool a victor crowley guitar
1: yeah i yeah.
2: like it that's a great idea man
1: that's something to look look into maybe especially if it's like uh able to turn into like a paint-based product easily easily you know what i mean or something like that
2: well i think that what you could do is probably just mix it with the paint just you know what i mean just dilute the paint with that as long as it yeah. was a red guitar you could just say this is painted with victor crowley blood
1: yeah put like a little uh like just like a hatchet logo on it or something you know to exactly. kind of add to it.
2: see the, the you need to start working on the design with me bro
1: that's, <laughs> a yeah.
2: great, that's a really really great idea because this is kind of unattractive as cool and raw as this is the and legit as yeah. this is i mean if i i wouldn't even have to use all of it i yeah. can make a guitar i mean it there's this is 30 ounces yeah you could so still amazing.
1: have that sitting there too as well it just well, wouldn't have as, it just wouldn't be full anymore
2: <laughs> i could actually cut up the bottle and and press the bottle in inlay the bot the plastic from the bottle with that handwriting and everything into the 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 finish of the guitar
1: yeah hell yeah
2: i mean it, it would be kind of an ugly guitar but that's kind of that's okay i like ugly. <laughs> i own ugly guitars
1: as i about to say the ugliest ones play the best <laughs>
2: Usually, yeah, Mm -hmm. I have some like Hondos and some just off brand, you know, shit. And they, I just, I uh, hot rod those suckers and I, you know, I have their frets redone. I put new nuts and tuners and uh, hotter pickups in them. And man, they're, they're Frankensteins and they just play so nice. Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: But, uh, so we can dive into some of the uh, horror questions I usually ask. Uh, what was your relationship with horror movies? You know, growing up, and you know, has it changed as you've gotten older?
2: No, I mean, I feel like I uh, there's there's a lot of consistency. I, I love the classics. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the Wolfman and all the Frankenstein shit, and it almost didn't matter with those classic. You know, all of the Draculas and the you know the 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 movie monsters, the 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 Hollywood movie monsters. Yeah. Those, those were so attractive to me when I was young, Mm. you know, Halloween was always fun. That, 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 uh, that time of year always brought me joy by way of, uh, I would stay up late, you know, during, during those days. And when they would have marathons on, I mean, this would have been in the seventies when they would have movie marathons on like, You know, some, you know, a a network television and they would actually promote it like as, you know, you know, we're going to start at midnight. We're going to start showing all the classic horror movies. And they would go till like four o'clock in the morning and I would stay up all night watching them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Probably pissed my parents off that I stayed, you know, because I was just a shit bird the next day. Yeah. But I'll never forget that. I used to watch the Night Stalker all the time because there were a lot of uh related sort of like ghost story type shit and uh Mm -hmm. you know wolfman type shit and vampire shit and and uh i look back at the at the you know cold cold check i think was his name the uh the the that that night stalker series it 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 was it was was like Columbo but for horror yeah you know it was always it was like x-files before x-files you know and um it, some of the trickery was pretty pretty bad yeah you know some some of the some of the production was pretty bad but but it's i loved it and i still love that kind of shit oh yeah now my when i started going to the theater you know, of course, some of it, I was young enough where I feel like I could be dropped off as a child mm. and watch a movie marathon of Planet of the Apes, you know, where they'd show like three or four Planet of the Apes movie, movies in order. And you'd be yeah. at the movie theater literally all day on a Saturday. And, you know, I mean, the first Planet of the Apes movie came out and uh, not that it's horror, but yeah, uh, came out sci-fi, came out in uh you know in like 68 yeah well i i was i'm born in 65 so by the time i was you know 11 or something there was a bunch of those apes movies out yeah at least three or four of them and i could go to them go to the theater every once in a while and see a marathon like that but by the time of just a few years after that uh late late 70s Mm -hmm. uh i'm 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 losing it here i'm not quite sure uh the year that it came out but in the theater opening week my mother took me and my younger brother to see the exorcist hell yeah so here we are like 10 11 you're 12 years old or something like that i was Mm -hmm. so in 75 i was 10 years old yeah the date on that movie because i i you have a fact checker off camera
1: I think it was 74 however back then movies stayed in the theaters for years because a they long didn't... time yeah yeah. yeah
2: yeah so so in 74 that sounds right actually i was i was nine years old yeah and my brother would have been eight eight and a half so my mom took us our nine-year-old asses to see the exorcist she wanted to see it too we didn't have to really beg oh mom it's gonna be great it's crazy shit going on it's yeah awesome you know and so uh she took us to the theater and it was we saw a nighttime showing and uh it was it was incredible it was life changing hell yeah like, it was like a walk away dumbfounded at uh, the questionable uh things of uh you know a catholic or a protestant or just christianity period you know with what yeah what the you know that's no regular ghost story you know it's had the possession It had it was ghosty yeah it had you know it was crazy and this would have been the original film not the remaster with the added footage etc yeah change life changer like could... cra- crazy crazy the way I-, I looked at i mean i was already a giant kiss fan yeah and gene gene simmons was my was my guy i was way into gene simmons so the fire and the blood and the prancing around like a demon and the whole like frog jump and the whole like weirdo monster shit. And uh, I was already there. Yeah. So to see something that might've been where, you know, the, the God fearing public was already hating and banning kiss and protesting kiss coming, you know, coming to your town and the Bible belt, dude, I was all about the exorcist. I was like, this is crazy shit. And uh, it it was life changer, and I know The Exorcist is, uh, uh, you know, moved a lot of people in the same way, uh, and and put the fear of God in a lot of people in in ways that it did not to me. Right? Yeah, I liked it just as much as I like, you know, the the Christian uh, antics of people holding crosses up to Dracula. It's the same. It was the same thing to me. It wasn't the same thing to someone who, you know, is a is a, is a church, a, a, you know, churchy person. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I tried to be light with that. <laughs> I don't want to call anybody out or make anybody uncomfortable because what people believe is what people believe. And that's why that's why I think horror is big. Yeah. <laughs> because because of the belief system. Yeah.
1: No, definitely. That's one thing is. uh I def- Like, uh, for instance, when you watch certain movies, like uh, a newer one, like The Conjuring and stuff like that, which is kind of like, you know, the modern day, uh, it's definitely nowhere near The Exorcist. Exorcist is a classic and will, you know, stand the test of time, but it's like the yeah, modern day. I'm, like-
2: I'm, I'm going to interrupt you here. I love those. Yeah. Some hardcore horror people might see those go. Nah, it's too Paul. It's too Hollywood. I-, I get that, too. I understand that. Yeah. But you know what? There's some good sort of short sort of like jump scenes in there there's some yeah. good it's good and it's creepy enough man it's yeah. like the, i like how they tied that into the annabelle shit
1: yeah no definitely i love
2: freaking awesome
1: yeah no i love those movies too i just was saying i wouldn't compare them as far as like uh how they changed the genre just because exorcist like you said was uh like what it did at the time is like shocking and the conjuring is kind of tame on that level you know what i mean so
2: yeah it's historical the there's no cg shit there's no digital anything when you make when you think about the exorcist they're yeah they're using film they're actually burning film cells they're melting shit sometimes it's by accident yeah they're, they're like doing these quick shots you know and you're like wait what was that yeah and, and it's subliminal they're doing a couple things like that now i i feel like people are going to go what what are they talking about i i I need to go watch The Exorcist again, and, <laughs> and the hardcores know what we're talking about. Yeah, no, definitely.
1: Uh, but yeah, so, this- so,
2: in so in like uh, the Conjuring, and you know, the Nun, and yeah. all that kind of shit. I love that shit. I love new horror. I don't, I don't chase it. Yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not looking for a new one to go watch. But I'm hearing about, you know, shit about aliens and reptilian creatures, and I'm hearing all the about these classic. What about the movie Gargoyles?
1: I don't think I've ever seen that one.
2: It's around the same time. It might be It might be early 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's done the way, like, some of the Fulci stuff, if I'm saying his name right, yeah. is done that way. It's grainy and old and the acting's not great and the costumes are awesome. Yeah. But there's this, like... And when they show them fly, you can almost see the wire, you know, it's shit like that. Yeah. These full grown actors wear much like Planet of the Apes wearing these gargoyle costumes. Yeah. Come out of the caves and they, 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 you know, steal humans and take them back to the cave for hostage. And I don't really know. I don't really recall the exact, uh, you know, idea behind the film, but you know, they're in, they might even be in Texas they're in like a little town it's like a desert town you know there's cup. it's hills and make caves and some mountains and it looks like arizona or texas you know east texas and uh yeah you should check it out you definitely will up. that yeah.
1: sounds interesting for sure i'll look that yeah. one up it's probably on youtube being that it's older you know because there's a bunch yeah. of stuff that's just like you know remastered and thrown up there sure, but
2: it's just yeah yeah
1: but now the reason I even uh the reason I was comparing the Conjuring is I was just saying it's like it's one of those things that when you have that religious belief behind it it's like I'm with you I'm kind of I'm not really a religious person but I know like teaches owners and everything uh but I do have to feel like it has to add an extra fear when you watch those films and you actually believe in those things you know what I mean like cause like, like you said to you and me it's like watching Dracula but to somebody that truly believes in those things it's got to be terrifying well, to see and, that shit
2: and that's what I and that's exactly what I meant so the, yeah. Our, our point is uh is very well well rounded here, so the you know I, I just not to make it be about me again, but i you know i I was going to church i I was you know my family went to church on Sundays it was yeah. like a protestant uh thing and it was just you know a church of Christ kind of thing and I even went to a Christian school for a couple of my uh grade school years. Mm. And uh, you know, I was there with my friends who I went to church with with my family, and you know, understanding the idea behind uh religion that is a Christian religion is okay, once you understand the Ten Commandments, but you don't enjoy uh the actual boredom of that church can be for a young for a 10 year old, you know, yeah. for an eight year old, for a seven year old, you want to get the hell out. It's Sunday. I want to play. Yeah, I want to go yeah. outside and ride my bike and shit, you know? So, so there was that battle, but then at, years later, you know, my family kind of stopped going because my family kind of was, a, uh, you know, by the time I was 13, my family situation had changed. Yeah. So, so there was no more church, but you know, the fact that the 10 commandments is basic common sense. Okay. I, let me get it. Don't steal. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't, fuck with the neighbors don't 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 fuck the neighbors yeah don't don't fuck anybody unless you you know unless you're planning on uh treating them with respect yeah don't you yeah. see don't steal don't don't fuck don't <laughs> don't, don't fuck kill. Up. yeah don't kill yeah don't do stupid don't be stupid don't be yeah. a dumbass. you know you don't get old being a dumb motherfucker it kind of, right. It just kind of goes, I mean, that's, I got that from like Richard Pryor or something. You don't (laughs) get old being dumb, you know, grow to be an old healthy human and live a good life and treat people awesome. And then you're okay. It doesn't mean that you need to be in fear of, uh, of a demon wearing a red suit or um, you know, you know, somebody going, uh, 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 all the time. Yeah. That uh, uh uh that's not cool is like that's uh you know what I mean? Yeah, and then there's you know, temptation is temptation, but it's all of these things that that these uh movies like The Exorcist that that uh here you go, conjure up <laughs> things in your heart and your head that make t- temptation happen, that make you want to do stupid shit or keep you from doing that yeah or that might scare you into believing something maybe you didn't believe before or is it just like whoa you know shock and like you know and then you are who you are all the time you know movies i feel like can can change maybe some perspective or put a spin on something for the uh fictitious Mm. aspect of you know for for shock like i said and uh the fact that The Exorcist is supposedly based on truth, yeah, is the scariest
1: part. Yeah, no doubt. You know, when you watch that shit and think about the fact that, uh, you know, whether you know you believe in it or not, the fact that somebody somewhere was either acting that way or behaving that way, whether it was a mental illness or it was, you know, truly a demon, it's fucking terrifying to think about. And then the fact that they, you know, felt the need to exorcise people you know the fact well, that that's something they do is crazy the the
2: uh the fact that you know it, it is i guess documented supposedly legitimately documented that like that all the stuff that they're you know the the credits in the you know the slates that you're reading in the conjuring about you know haunted houses and 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 uh and, and um you know unreleased ghosts who can't be released you know or who are who are stuck in in this world yeah kind of a thing Seems to be related to the idea of possession to me. Mm. Not not that they're possessing a person. Well, no, the conjuring is they are possessing a person. Yeah. So when you think like that and you go, okay, so wow, th- there's footage and documents with their, a, a, a doctor, a scientist, a priest in the room on just regular footage not hollywood filmmaking yeah where there is a person in the room and they look normal and then all of a sudden they're speaking languages they've never studied they've never spoken before until that day mm-hmm. and they're saying things about you that how could they know yeah or asking you questions about you know hey your grandmother's in here would you like to say hello you don't know this person who's saying this to you yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> that kind of shit. It, that's not even a movie. That's supposedly documentation of this happening. Right. Yeah. That is scarier than a movie.
1: No doubt. That's one thing that, uh, like you said, uh, it's, I mean, that's a tr- thing that they do in a lot of movies or they repeat in a lot of movies is that exact, you know, act, but it's because it's comes from true events. You know, people have right. actually, like you said, there's documentation. You can go on YouTube and find, you know, an actual video Uh, You know, it's probably in black and white and grainy as shit, but you could definitely find one if, you know, priests performing an exorcism. And like you said, that's the craziest part is when some guy who has literally lived like here in North Carolina where nothing even offers you, you know, uh, that intensive Latin. And then all of a sudden he starts speaking a form of Latin that's not even spoken anymore. It's like, right. How in the fuck?
2: (laughs) Well, here's a thing, too. And uh, not to go super, super long on this, but I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Dude, okay, so the scientists let's talk about the scientists in the room so if you're a scientist and you truly believe in science yeah you may or may not you might be an atheist yeah. you may or may not be a religious person at all right you may or may not even believe in that higher spirit mm-hmm. so if you did not believe in that higher spirit and you were a full-on hardcore you believed in fact, truth, tangible evidence uh and were able to test and criticize with a decent hypothesis and keep your wits about you when that that kind of shit that we just said was unfolding right in front of you. Yeah. That's the scientist that should be in there, not non-religious, possibly atheist, documenting what's happening and Having the holy fuck scared out of them, but being skeptical the whole time. Yet, well, it's happening right in front of me. Yeah. What, what, what to do? This is, this opens up a whole new shopping list.
1: Yeah. No, if you're the guy in charge of rationalizing what happened, you cannot be panicking at all, pretty much, or you cannot second guess the fact that you're, you know, that you're rationalizing it. Like you said, it's like,
2: it's very, it, it would be highly, uh, high con- it would it would be concerning yeah and it would question your you as a scientist would may or may not you probably have a strong personality you're 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 questioning things for science maybe not yourself because you believe in science
1: so. yeah no definitely no nah, no nah, uh, and i'm right there with you but like not to change the subject because we're still in horror movies but uh like uh you said we're enjoying the conversation but you know i don't want to linger on it too long uh, would you say that The Exorcist is your favorite uh, horror movie of all time, or is there another one that has kind of you know overpassed it since you?
2: Dude, I like the cl- I like the classics. You know, there hasn't really been a horror movie that sort of like uh, changed my mind. You know, about The Exorcist or The Shining or Yeah. Uh, th- I mean, I'm 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 not I'm not exactly drawing a blank here. If you get my <laughs> drift, um, there's a yeah. lot of uh, there's a lot of the the older. I I mean I don't really know if there's a if there's a better uh Stephen King than The Shining. Oh yeah. And and what and what exactly is happening in The Shining could be uh you know a cabin fever dementia. Yeah. It could be I mean that thing with Ewan and McGregor the part 2 the red rum, that was I uh, that was really hard for me to watch. Did yeah, you
1: watch I was, that? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. Like I I watched the whole uh the whole thing and it like there was parts of it where i was like all right it's going to get a little bit better and then i just i don't know by the end of it i was just kind of i wouldn't say it was terrible but i was just kind of disappointed
2: dude when you have to like say that start talking to yourself like okay it's going to get better this is going to get better that's called you tried real hard yeah (laughs) i tried real hard as well because i wanted it to be good and it was one of those things where when it was finally coming out where you could rent it on On your apps right yeah uh i was and and it was still you know like i don't know you know 12 bucks or something crazy i was like man that's a little what if it sucks yeah you know so i waited i'll wait i'll wait it's coming soon and then i saw an ad this friday red rum is going i'm like oh awesome i know what i'm doing you know what i mean And I geared all up for it and i'm watching it and i'm i'm really trying to pay attention to it and be in it and be all over it yeah and then the next thing I know, the movie's over, and I just thought to myself, thank God I did not rent this piece of shit.
1: Yeah. It felt like an adventure film when it's supposed to be a sequel to a horror film.
2: Yeah, there was too much uh, X-Files shit going on. Yeah. You know, they were running over here, and there was clues, and they were chasing stuff, and the characters, you know, there were almost too many of them. And yeah. I don't, I don't know. it didn't, It didn't work for me. Yeah, the Uh, only one that that uh, was that a Stephen King did he do that?
1: Yeah, he had uh written the book, and uh, Mike Flanagan was the director of this adaptation. But I and I guess Stephen King said he loves the movie, but I mean, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if the book is anywhere close to it or anything like that. But uh, you know, he might just be saying that because it puts some money in his pockets.
2: Well, and that's a well, sure, it's easier to play nice than it is to get you know articulate about how bad you hate it. Yeah, the the um. And I think playing nice goes a long way. I mean, in in-depth interview, Stephen King might might roll roll out some punches here and there, but overall, still give it a thumbs up, right? So mm-hmm. I wish I read books because they're I mean, there's probably shit in the Exorcist book that are not in the movie that that w- are like you know spoilers that would yeah. blow th- other things, you know, explain other things. But I don't read, and that's terrible of me, but that's on me. It might be a little bit of a disorder, or I just say that because it's it's an excuse. I really like movies, yeah, uh, I like visuals and colors, and that's probably why I'm a kiss fan and a he- big heavy metal fan, and I you know I like bands that have a show and whatever Hell so yeah. you you know the shining is probably the movie's adaptation of the book is. It's the book is probably better. You always hear that the book is better. Yeah. So maybe it's our fault for not reading the book first.
1: No, I never read. Uh, I'll be honest. I try to read too and I just never really find the time. Like I've had a book I got for Christmas that I've been trying to read and I have not started it yet. So that was my Dude, start to read book. And I-
2: yeah, that's good. That's good. I read, uh, confess, uh, oh, yeah. the Rob Halford book that i got for christmas and i just i mean it took me dude we're already the end of may and yeah. it, it i just finished it last month so it took me months to to read a, a book that only had about 500 pages in it so yeah I, no, mine's real short I, I feel your i feel your pain i feel your pain but i really i really like i just got this uh, uh i got a bunch of books for for christmas and birthday i oh, just yeah. got this Tony Burgess book. Uh I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's not really a horror writer, but these are 3 of his books rolled into one big fat thing. Yeah. And Pontypool changes everything. They made a movie
1: called Pontypool. Yeah. I was going to ask if that's the same uh Yeah, it been-
2: is. It it is. So so when you when you think about this, like I'll just read the back and it makes you think that he's writing horror, but he's just an intense poet. Kind yeah. Of I found out. Uh, it says, uh, these three sell cellar- So, here you got the Hell of Bewdley, is one book. It says, is a series of 16 stories hiding in a novel about a small town in Ontario, in an Ontario's cottage country, navigating through drunk and dead men, prisons and suicides, and mad doctors. These short stories act as a halfway house for literary delinquents. Oh, hell yeah. You see how I, a horror fan could read that and go dude i gotta that sounds yeah like a bunch of movies i like
1: yeah like even if it's not scary it's going to be brutal enough that it would you know for genre fans and stuff.
2: it's making my eyes go big you see my eyes are <laughs> really big so this is the this is pool, which a friend of mine who has a podcast with she was reading bits and pieces just you know, hey, I'm just going to read to you guys, and she started re- reading some of her favorite moments oh, in yeah. one of the story one of the books called Pontypool Changes Everything, which I have not seen the movie yet. It's on my list. Uh, so the book is, it says uh, Pontypool Changes Everything is the terrifying story of a devastating virus. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Caught <laughs> through conversation, once it has you, it leads you into another world where the undead chase you down the streets of the smallest towns and largest cities.
1: Hell yeah, <laughs> perfect for horror fans.
2: <laughs> I rest my case.
1: Yeah, now so, you know, the, I reckon I'm exactly, in the movie, by the way.
2: The nice. I need to check it out. Well, I started, I you know, just from my friend Erica reading these passages from Pontypool changes everything was due to it was during covid right so yeah. it was perfect sense because they, it's called they call it a virus and then there's one more but i i don't i won't just like read to you here uh how's <laughs> <was> enjoying it <laughs> there's a caption on the front here it says ultra violent horror and absurdist humor inflicting nightmarish narratives on the quirky citizens of small town ontario here you go this is the clincher think hp lovecraft meets stephen leacock
1: hell yeah no that's so perfect there
2: you go. yeah it is perfect to what it is we're kind of all here for
1: yeah now i might actually look that one up myself i wouldn't mind actually reading poncy pool and then i like short stories those are easier for me to like you know do one at a time so well, you know the 16- 16 like,
2: this is like all of them this is a shit ton look how fat that guy is yeah the the, the 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 pages oh it's not too bad but it's pretty small yeah i need to see the movie but this is called the Boodley mayhem b-e-w-d-l-e-y the Boodley mayhem oh yeah and it's just those three those three uh, uh books compiled into one tony burgess
0: oh
1: yeah well uh usually to finish up the podcast i end on some uh, hypothetical questions i have uh like two or three for you and then i uh, i'll have one final question after those If somebody approached you and you don't have to pick, you know, seeing as you're playing a ton of projects and everything, you don't have to worry about picking a song or anything like that. But if somebody approached you and uh, and of course, we already talked about how you did the hatchet video. But if they approached you and said, we want to make a a music video for you, but we want it to be a remake of one of your favorite horror films just made into a short film version for a music video. uh, What movie would you choose and how would you make it into a music video?
2: Well, a couple of things come come up right away. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I like writing treatments for videos you know like like putting skits together that fit you know what was happening in my mind when i in the lyric that i would write right um actually there's two of them that i would do try to do proper we already had a video for scared but there are moments in the lyric where i'm sort of plagiarizing alice cooper the first line in the song is who is the man in the white vest yeah well i'm literally in my head thinking alice cooper in the jacket, ballad of dwight fry which is horrific and like he's a crazy person but he's like i gotta get out of here i gotta get out of here and that whole like you know psyche where you know, it's like, I, I, I got stuff to do. I need to get out of here, but we'll, will Mr. Alice Cooper, you're, you're, or, or Mrs. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You're not doing very well. So we have to keep you, you you might hurt yourself. We're afraid you might hurt yourself. Just the whole reason someone's wearing a, a straight jacket. Yeah. I, I would like to tie that in somehow to the video, which we didn't really get to do in the scared, dangerous toys, scared music video. Although we do lean towards, I mean, there's kind of a haunted house scene. Yeah. Uh, the fear of drowning. There's a scene where I'm singing and my, you know, the camera's pointed up at a, at an aquarium bottom and I'm, I'm underwater and I'm singing into the camera. And uh, there's, you know, little things like that. There's snakes and rats. And I'm as I'm coming down the staircase of, a, of an old supposed haunted mansion. Yeah. So there's, there's depictions of that, but it w- I would like to, To elaborate and 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 get a little closer there's a there's something that i whisper in the breakdown of the song called uh that i it's that i it's not called anything it's the lyrics i think i say are how did i get in here why are these bones on the floor which is relative uh wrapped in burgundy and white so there's alice cooper lyrics on the i think it's the lace and whiskey album where he he mentions burgundy and burgundy and white Uh, so that's borrowed again from alice cooper i wrote a song that's also on the first toys record along with the scared song called bones in the gutter and i'll tell you the storyline behind that and then the whole how did i get in here goes kind of goes back to the straight jacket montage where you like how you you start to come to you know you're not medicated anymore and you're in a freaking straight jacket it's like what how why am I what's going on in here you know you 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 wake up in a confused state and I mean horror movies are all about like some shit happens and somebody goes what the fuck yeah that's part of being scared because you're like what was that yeah why am I seeing that wait a second did you see that there you know how many times have we seen that in horror films so that's the sort of where scared is kind of going And the message being in the song is that people like being scared. Yeah. But you question why you like being scared or you don't, which is why the chorus is, hey, man, I think I like being scared. Man, I really, really think that I think that I think I like being scared. (laughs) And that's the chorus of the song. It's kind of this questioning of, like, why am I enjoying – well, it's the same. Okay, well, why do you keep going to the theaters to see these – movies of blood curdling demon screaming people being hurt and hanged and killed and yeah even though we know that it's fake and it's kind of a laugh because you know let's face it pick any hatchet film just however much crazy blood is squirting out you're not questioning like oh my god is that that real you know you're not questioning that's real because it's not
1: yeah no i know exactly what you mean and uh
2: which makes it very comic book and that sort of ties in as well. The really? other song would be Bones in the Gutter. Oh yeah. Because the storyline and the lyric is about so you're just you're you and your friend are tooling along and there's this you're you're not very you guys are hoodlums. You're bad elements. And you get the offer to like, I'll I'll cut you in half if you break into this old lady's house. And steal her diamonds and whatever cash and whatever, get the loot. And then I'll help you dispose of the body, but I'm not going to do the looting. Yeah. You guys got to go in there, kill her. And it, it's horribly violent, which comes off as a fun little boogie-woogie rock and roll song. Yeah. He is very, full circle, very Alice Cooper. He would sing dead babies and dead things, and sick sick things, excuse me. And, you know, his old stuff is very, you know, he hangs himself and shit. And he yeah. his head off and the whole monster and Cyclops. And it's fucking awesome. He's tying all of the macabre yeah. into this, like... Song and dance show, you know, which is very vaudeville and very cool. You know, he loves that kind of shit. So, yeah, so does Gene Simmons. They love that kind of shit. So, oh, yeah. uh, it's very circus act gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mixing Carrie with uh, you know, uh, song and dance sh- uh, with Broadway. Yeah, it, it's here you go. It's like imagine Exorcist on Ice <laughs> trademark. Yeah. Uh, You know, think about the bed. You know, the 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 bed, like like Reagan's bed from The Exorcist. Yeah. Reagan's in the bed, all scarred up and painted purple and spitting green soup. You know, tied to the bed, but the bed is on ice skates, and you have these demons on skates pushing the bed around the ice. Exorcist on (laughs) ice. Oh yeah. And she's freaking out, and they have a way to have her levitate on the bed while these demons are have a, each have the, you know, one, four demons pushing, holding onto the bedpost, pushing the bed around the ice, spinning it around. La, da, 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 da. Just
1: Crazy very creepy. Yeah, I was just about to say, same thing, very just creepy ass music. Fog
2: machine and what? Well, shit, take the soundtrack from The Exorcist and just play it loud as fuck. I Yeah. Bet people would go see that if it were on a Halloween themed thing.
1: Yeah, I would, fuck. But, I mean, I'm also a big horror do, fan.
2: So. Dude, you could do Hatchet on Ice. You could do Exorcist on Ice. You could,
1: trademark, trademark, trademark. <laughs>
2: you could just keep going. The Shining on Ice.
1: They've done uh, Toxic Avengers, a musical, so why not? <laughs>
2: right. So think about, uh, I forget his name right now, Uh, Billy or whatever, the little kid from Shining, what's his name?
1: Oh, yeah, uh, Danny Torrance. Danny Torrance,
2: thank you. On the big wheel. He's riding down the hallways and shit. He's a big wheel on ice. Little he Danny Torrance, yeah. you know. Rad, rad, rad. Give him a microphone. Rad, rad. Riding around the ice.
1: And the twins just, just like... The uh, twin. yeah, the
2: twins ice skating up to you, staring you down and shit. Oh, I fucking love it.
1: Hell yeah. But, uh, you uh, know, to comment real quick, though, if you ever did redo the scared video, you definitely got to keep that blue tint, the, like, dark blue tint that y'all got guys kind of got that keeps, the like, the video looking very, like... uh. Old school horror-ish. I love yeah, that Yeah, that
2: was, that, was, that was the idea. And, and I really like uh, how they, uh, it was cool. They actually asked me to write the treatment for that video. And I did, I, I sort of ripped off Huey Lewis with, uh, from I Want a New Drug. Hell yeah. You know, where he's sticking his face in the sink full of ice and doing that and the camera's under the water. Yeah. I kind of stole that idea for that because the fear of drowning is a big deal. You know, fear of dying in flames and water is huge. Like when you think about that, how violent that death is, that's that's part of being scared always, you know, and you see films of people drowning or burning. That's terrible. Yeah, it's really makes you, you know, that's mortal flesh that's not doing very well right before yeah. your eyes you know the to the scared video and your and your the, the vision that you that you're kind of understanding and, and giving a thumbs up to yeah i mean that was kind of the director's idea to use those darker tents there's even one where they were shooting a scene there's a model and she's wearing like a ghosty mm-hmm. gown kind of thing and she's just kind of turned and standing there and looking very kind of weird and floaty and there's a red tint, I believe, on that scene. And if you look closely, there's a chair. It, it would be like, like say, this is the chair, right? You kind of see that. And all, like all of a sudden, it just disappears like that. Like it's a still shot. and you know, yeah. like, It's part on camera. You see the chair, and then all of a sudden, the chair just moves. But you don't see an arm reach in and grab it. Yeah. little things like that i didn't do that that was the director so they knew they took my visions and just kind of threw them together and added to it Hell yeah um, but what i liked about the band shots it was a dark room with just like what would look like moonlight mm. or like a street light just kind of overhead like you don't see walls you don't see floor you don't see you just see us standing mm what looks like under a street lamp and each of us have that and they're just spotlights following us around from overhead each yeah. guy had a spotlight i mean the drummer was sitting in one place we were kind of moving around but there was spotlights on each of us Yeah, and I, that was the director's idea too oh yeah really cool yeah and it went extremely well with the uh the b-roll footage that they did of of the haunted house shit
1: yeah no, I really enjoy that video. Of but myself. The,
2: uh, the, yeah, it, it's 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 a little bit. It's not exactly timeless. Yeah. But it does look like it could have been on the set of like uh, Elm Street. Yeah. And, and then the bones in the gutter video that we never did could be a mini movie because of the the setup that I told you. You got a rich lady. You got some bad characters. You know, it's a murder mystery because because the, I didn't finish the, the setup is the way they get rid of the body is, is they put her in a cement mixer and they they pour cement. So the cement mixer is grinding her up. Yeah. You know, mixing her with the cement. So they put the they pour like a sidewalk and no one knows that that she's part of the sidewalk. Yeah. And the song is called
1: Bones in the Gutter. Hit it. Yeah. You get it now? I was gonna say, you're, you should uh, horror show. You should end the video with a pan up, and it ends with uh like whatever you name the old lady. You should uh it should pan up, and the street name be named after her as well. Great, you're hired. <laughs> That'd be a uh, nice little ending, uh like tiff tour.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you could actually, you know, put put her name on the mailbox just when the when the dumbasses are rolling up to go do the deed, right? Yeah,
1: so that way you yeah. learn it there. Yeah.
2: So it, it, the funny thing is, is you don't really look at it as this, this uh, high stakes heist, you know, because the guy, the, 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 the sort of like, uh, you know, the, the guy that's inst, the instigator that's hiring these two thugs to go do this, he, he he just he gives him 10 bucks then the lyrics i go it gave me 10 bucks he says 10 bucks yeah and the reason the reason the reason that was is because well first off it rolls off the 10 bucks yeah 10 bucks it rolls it's it's very rock and roll sounding Mm -hmm. when you say 10 bucks give me 10 bucks it's almost one word like a redneck you know yeah matter nail (laughs) <laughs> matter hell, nail like madder th- madder than hell matter nail man she was madder in hell sounds like one word yeah give, give me 10 bucks sounds like one word so i love those kind of like rednecky kind of thing which fits the toys because we're from south and everything you know yeah and uh our music's kind of boogie it's a little southern it's it's kind of metal you know too but it's also very then you have Foghat and Aerosmith tried to sound a little bit more metal. That was what it would kind of be, you know. Hell yeah! So yeah, but ten bucks is not shit. <laughs> That's the funny thing, right? It's like they gave me ten bucks. We're gonna go do this thing, and it's like, what? What was that? Ten bucks? Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really make sense, but it but the story is uh, uh, colorful. Yeah rich lady on the hill these guys go and then to get rid of the body they put her in a cement mixer and broken
1: bones in the gutter
2: fade to black
1: yeah make like a little um murder comedy short
2: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. exactly
1: oh yeah no that sounds awesome i definitely want to see yeah. that like i know yeah, uh, it, would be, it would be cool oh yeah maybe on the uh Next time, like a big anniversary for the album rolls around, y'all can do a video for it. <laughs> well, we
2: just celebrated the 32nd anniversary of that first record. Hell yeah. It came out May 9th in 1989. Hell yeah. yeah as far you... as my math goes, that's 32
1: years. Yeah, I was about to say. So uh, a few more years, 35, that might be perfect time for the video. <laughs>
2: Maybe. It sounds like a lot of work, though. I don't know if I
1: could sub out the work and, you know, yeah. the, as long as they, you know,
2: get Adam Green to do
1: it. I was about to say, maybe if you uh, give Adam the idea, maybe he'll do it for one of his Halloween shorts one year.
2: Yeah, so him and this guy that's actually, there's this guy, Tom Hazard, that is just an idea guy, and he's kind of a producer. He's a heavy metal singer, songwriter, producer, manager type of a guy, and he's a friend of mine. He, uh, He has this idea that he's working on. I guess he's still working on it for a comic book that's, based on i don't know if the if the if the comic book would be called dangerous toys or not but it yeah. probably should be because the stories in this comic book will be based on lyrics to the to dangerous toys songs now, no, yeah. no matter what album they're on there's you know four album four studio records that were released between 89 and 96 For them to take scenarios from and make these little stories about but bones in the gutter is perfect yeah for a comic book story
1: oh yeah now that'd be awesome to do a little just like horror anthology comic like like kind of like a very uh tales from the crypt ec comic style thing. yes
2: yes Uh, sort of stephen king just some of his adaptations of short stories and made movies yeah yeah oh yeah but but done
1: comic book story yeah now that would be awesome, but we can, to uh, go ahead and jump to the final question. And it kind of, uh, if you want to, it can call back to something you were talking about earlier. Uh, do you have any horror stories of your own? And it could be something that was paranormal that happened to you, or it could yeah, just be there, something that was scary as shit that happened to you.
2: Yeah. There's, there's, there's at least one that comes to mind. There's probably more that are, that have just faded. Yeah. but There's one that I'll never forget. I was on tour in 95 or 96 and I was somewhere, I want to say I was, I was either in, I was probably in the Midwest. I might have been in Tennessee, somewhere between Tennessee and Minnesota. I know that's a lot of ground, but I was on tour. I, it might've even been earlier than, than that. It might've been in 94, but the trippy, the, 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 the story is this. So, and this is rare because we're, I don't think we're that good of a band, (laughs) but you know, we have fans or we have hardcore fans and that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, We got an encore. I know it sounds like I'm patting myself on the back, but there was an encore, which is rare. So we come out to do another song and you know, my microphone was on the stand. Yeah. So just to get the effect here. So my microphone, there's my microphone, it's on a stand, right? So, yay one more song one more okay let's go do another song so we come out and we're gonna do another song so I walk up to my microphone and I grab my microphone like any old day yeah and I, uh, I I you know I when I when I sing I put the microphone really close yeah I, you know real I eat it and I know that when you're doing uh, in this type of production that that's not gonna work it's just people like to see your mouth when you talk and there's you know there's do's and don'ts when you do like online stuff, even podcasts, just the sound of, of, of it's too, it's too much. That's why yeah. I use the foam ball, the Nerf ball. Anyway, so I took it off for this reason. So just full effect. Dude, I came out, I grabbed the mic, I put it up to my mouth and I noticed that it's it's kind of wet. And I'm like, oh, it's sweat, you know, no big deal. It's always wet. And then I realized my microphone is bleeding. There's what? blood on my I can go like this and i can go blood and i walked up to like a guitar tech and i i said is my face bleeding am i bleeding look at my mouth is my mouth bleeding is something i thought i was hurt yeah dude i wasn't hurt i i i didn't i wasn't in pain i didn't walk off stage for two seconds and like you know stick a razor blade in my mouth yeah i didn't hit myself in the face with the microphone. My microphone was fucking bleeding. Holy shit. I looked up, dude, this, it's stupid. I looked at the ceiling to see if something was dripping on my microphone. I even asked the, the techs. I was like, did someone fuck with my microphone? Have you guys been out here? Have you guys Are you guys pulling a fast one on me? Did you guys stick this up your bloody ass and put it back on? Are you guys messing with me? And none of them were like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know they're tired. It's the end of the show. They want to pack up, get the shit, so they can have a beer. You know, yeah. They want to get back on the bus. Everyone does. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we're kind of like, what? Okay, dude, I never figured it out. I couldn't stop the show and like get so freaked out that you know I'm calling people out in the audience. Hey, did you fuck with my? Hey, did you fuck with my? (laughs) You know, point people in the audience. You know, the people that were close by that could have grabbed it and you know done something crazy with it. Yeah. Dude, my microphone was bleeding. That's fucking insane. <laughs> I was not bleeding, my mouth, my face. I don't know if it was blood, but I'm going to say it was blood because yeah. it looked like blood. Everybody knows what blood looks like, tastes mm. like, feels like, okay? I don't know what it was, and it was seeping out of the I took it off the ball and it was the the foam on the inside of the ball was soaked.
1: Holy shit. How
2: could it be soaked? I just maybe 45 seconds I was off stage. Yeah. Maybe a minute enough time to go thank you good night thousand one thousand two thousand three thousand four you see what i'm saying so yeah it a, uh, maybe maybe a minute enough to realize that you know they wanted us to come do another song so explain that one
1: yeah well G, G. allen hadn't died yet or else to say maybe he was haunting you but other than that
2: <laughs> well yeah yeah G. G allen was was uh pretty sick he was a showman yeah would say and do anything to get a reaction yeah we all know that the funny thing about gg allen not to go down that rabbit hole is he was actually an all right musician you yeah. would never ever ever know it but when he was starting out he was just a rocker dude with long hair you know playing rock and roll just like ha- could actually play drums good and yeah and had bands that it was like actually pretty good and it was kind of cock rock it was like you know acdc meets poison or something it was just bluesy hard loud fast rock yeah it wasn't him you know let's fuck some kids he wasn't being you know he wasn't it wasn't shock rock yeah he wasn't saying terrible things to just scare you he he was actually trying to write rock and roll music
1: yeah Something just um, flipped in a switch, I guess. <laughs> but
2: here we go full circle again is the, uh, you know, the hatchet blood mm-hmm. and, the, and the the bleeding microphone with the pump thing related to the very strange paranormal thing about my bleeding microphone back in the mid-90s. Yeah. tour somewhere in the Midwest. I come back to do an encore, and my microphone looks like someone had used it as a weapon. Yeah. And no one had touched it yeah According to everyone close by, no one had touched it. That's fucking. Insane. I wasn't bleeding. I my throat was fine. I was yeah, yeah. So I don't even know I don't know what happened. I mean, literally the only thing that could have happened was someone down in the in the crowd, Cause no one, none of the professionals on the stage would have been like, you know, that's, Hey, let's fuck with Jason. You know, I don't, there wasn't that wasn't, it wasn't that time of day, you know, it yeah. not that time on the tour. Oh, it's the last night of the tour. Let's fuck. Let's everyone fuck with each other. You know, Yeah. we're going home tomorrow. It wasn't, it wasn't that time. The only thing, like I was going to say is the only thing that I can think of is someone in the front row did something to it or with it. Yeah. That's the only thing that I can think of, but, I if they want to us to do another song, I I don't I don't know what that means. I I don't know why they would fuck with the microphone to try to get us to come do it. I don't think that you know. Sometimes the crazy drunk dude in the front will grab the singer's mic and go one more song, motherfucker. You know that's I don't think that happened.
1: Yeah, no, you probably would have at least heard like the motion of the microphone or like we, uh,
2: yeah, crash, bang, boom. You yeah. know. Russell, boom, scratch, you know, you know, it would have sounded like it would have sounded like exactly what I'm describing. Yeah. I don't think that happened. So that's probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened. I I think a a photo shoot I've got to do in the limelight in New York, which is an old church. It's like a Gothic church. It's like an old, I don't know, Victorian. It's crazy. It's middle of Manhattan, you know, that they call the limelight. I guess it's still there. Supposedly, some of those rooms were haunted in there. Mm. And I, you know, before sound check one day, I I tried to go in every room that that wasn't boarded up. And I didn't really see anything other than a, you know, a bunch of just dirt, old, you know, under constant renovation, you know, when you think about it. Yeah. A lot of money to, to keep on the upkeep of an old Victorian anything. You know, so never, never seen really anything uh, ghosty or really that sort of like scared me that could have been paranormal or, you know, that made me question something like that. Yeah. I hear hear weird noises all the time. (laughs) I I mean, all the time. Yeah. But I live in an old house. This is an old house. It's got a couple of add-ons, you know, but, you know, the, 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 the Walls creak.
1: Yeah. It's weird what like the wind will do with an old house, you know, like, or even like just temperatures changes and stuff like that, how much it'll make it like grow and, you know, like swell. Yeah. and.
2: Yeah. You probably know that in North Carolina, you guys have more seasons than we do because we don't have heavy snow or anything, but we get uh, hot winds. You yeah. Know? We've got the Santa Ana winds, we get winds that Mexico and California get that start shit. I mean, yeah, the it's very humid down here uh, some, sometimes of the year more than others, but it makes, oh, I'll tell you right now. I mean, I love my old house, but I'm, but I'm telling you there's like at the bottom of the baseboard, you got the old wall and you're on the new floor. So this is the old wall. And behind you is the new room. That's an add on that was probably added on. Oh God, it, it could even go far as back as like 25 years ago. They, they put an add on to this old house, which is Uh, built in 1951 I believe yeah So, so at the bottom of the old wall and you're on the new floor right depending on what time of year it is there's a space between the baseboard and the floor that's like an inch oh shit so like half the year nine months out of the year I see this space down there but the reason I haven't like and I don't really feel a draft or anything it's probably cinder it's probably some kind of you know what I mean? I don't feel a draft down there. Yeah, I would, I would be sketchy that critters, you know, might come. But we've, I've had no problems. Yeah, like I don't know, roaches. I don't have a roach problem, so I'm not that concerned. Oh. But then, like right now, and it's, uh so you, it's the beginning of summer. I just fucking noticed. Like I swear, two weeks ago, that space was still there. Today, just today, just an hour before this podcast, I noticed my space is gone. Yeah. The wall is touching the floor. Yeah. So it's starting to get warmer. We've had a bunch of rain. So that foundation and those walls are kind of dancing with each other. So that's normal. Not to turn in, this to into a home improvement show. No, no, exactly. That's I... going ha- to happen in some old buildings, old houses. Stuff's going to creak, you know.
1: Yeah. Not to shrink and swell as well. Like that's you said right. with the moisture that's, and the weather. That's
2: right. That's right. Well, what's cool is a, is a lot of this stuff is related to what happens in usually haunting yeah. uh, films and uh, debunked haunted haunting hauntings videos, you know, yeah. paranormal videos and all these ghost chasing shows and shit like that. A lot of it has to do with the science of The building and which way the which way the door faces you know north south east west yeah where the winds come from or the foundation which makes it all interesting either way makes it interesting if someone died in the master bedroom a hundred years ago and your house is 200 years old eh, makes you think of shit when the fucking wind blows doesn't it
1: yeah it's like is it really swollen or is that old man back for his house
2: (laughs) that's right that's right (laughs) That's Conjuring shit right there. Yeah. Well, it's 100 movies in it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what the second one is, is the old man or well, it's supposed to be the old man. But then it's like they always have some kind of twist in there. Like, it's not really the old man. It's the demon behind the old man or something like that.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: But I appreciate you uh, for coming on the show and sharing everything, man. And uh, I was going to ask you up top, but then we kind of leewayed into the horror stuff. So if you want to talk about it a little bit now, uh, you also do the Talk Louder podcast, if I'm not mistaken. You might tell me a little yeah. bit about that and uh, yeah. you know where people can find it we just shot our
2: uh well the it's easier it's if you're on spotify it's on spotify if you're on itunes it's on itunes if you're on if you're just a youtuber it's on youtube but www.talklouderpodcast.com is where you're going to go to get a coffee mug and a t-shirt and see all the links to whichever your choice of platform you like oh yeah uh we just shot like our 36th episode we didn't start having guests until about three weeks ago. So we've got uh, a new one just came out today, actually. And then it was that was only our sex So far, we've only had like three guests. Yeah, their friends or who their friends who are kind of like rock stars to us in different ways. Like we just had a friend of ours who introduced us to this really cool book called uh, Headbangers. Oh yeah it's on the shelf over there but anyway we met him in uh in virginia beach oh yeah a long 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 time ago he came to see my band broken teeth play and then he ended up moving to austin and he's always had this book with him and i won't really get into it but it's this this book that some guy some guy made called headbangers it's a reference book of bands and labels and fanzines and it's the cool it's like a library reference book for heavy metal Hell yeah and i'm in there a bunch of times and so when <laughs> i met him years ago he had this book within him like he's like hey would you mind uh signing my book and i'm like what what book is that i don't have a book a yeah book out yet but i don't <laughs> I, you know i'm not what what book are you talking about so he, he hands me this book he's like you're in here a few times and i'm like whoa this is rad you know being a nerd and everything so he's ha- he has he's got like 600 autographs by by people that are in, actually in the book oh yeah and so he, that's worthy of being on talk louder because he's a nerd like we are yeah likes to talk about rock and roll so yeah. he, he was a perfect guest for talk louder uh, our first guest was um uh, Patrick Kennison who plays guitar for Lita Ford. Hell yeah. Who sings the Aussie parts when they play live and go on tour, he gets to sing the Aussie parts and, and, uh, close your eyes.
1: Yeah. Close my eyes forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so, and he's from San Antonio where, and we're down in Texas. So he's an old friend of ours. Who's a freaking rock star now. Hell yeah. So all of his journey as to how, you know, you see what I mean? It's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So, we're starting to have guests and we get excited about it, obviously. And yeah, that's been going, going pretty well. I, I can't say we have a zillion followers or anything like that, but uh, you know, thanks for bringing it up because it's been a lot of fun. We started it during COVID. Well, what are we going to do? We have this gear. We, have, You know, I teach, I, I'm a music teacher. I, I teach a lot of lessons online. Through Zoom, to this—that's why I already have this set up already. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you were expecting me to just be on my phone walking around in the backyard or some shit. You may have had some guests on that
1: do that. Well, now because of the podcast, I figured you might have a setup, but I wasn't sure. But yeah, you—you—you you, you
2: had a good hypothesis going. Yeah, yeah. But thanks for asking. Uh, talk louder is—is—is is, uh, is a, a new feather in my cap. That's I never in a million years thought I'd ever be co-hosting a podcast about rock and roll. So hell
1: yeah. No, I enjoy it myself. Uh, I was listening to the one that you said, uh, the guitar player for, uh, Lita Ford. He also played in union underground, right? I think y'all mentioned on them.
2: Yeah. And I, I was the playing bass in the union underground for two years before they got signed and actually helped them showcase to get their deals. So, yeah, there was a there's a lot of and 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 my producer jared who plays guitar and broken teeth as well Mm. and metal dave my co-host they're from san antonio Hell yeah they they know pat they they didn't go to the same school or anything but they knew pat just from the scene down there growing up as kids yeah and he's been playing rock and pat's been playing rock and roll his whole life just like just like we have so yeah it's like you know he's a real dude he's you know but, uh, yeah, Union Underground got a deal and then did a bunch of OzFest stuff. Yeah. And then sort of disbanded for whatever reason, you know, shit happens. And then he ended up moving out to Los Angeles because he had had a couple of a uh, couple of offers to do some recording and, you know, met a couple of people out there and decided to just stay in L.A. when he went out there and did some sessions. And it's it's worked out for him. Great. Hell yeah. So he yeah, he's he was our first guest, probably our first guest on Talk Louder. <laughs> and you said you did watch the episode already?
1: I watched uh like I started the first I got like the first fifteen or twenty. I haven't finished it yet. I was gonna finish it later cool. up uh today because I was checking it out this morning to be honest. Sweet. But
2: sweet. There's a new one that went up, went up today with my buddy Sean Weingartner. Oh uh, yeah. Uh who's uh from uh he's from out here out that way. He's from out near near Virginia. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say something that maybe starts with a W.
1: Williamsburg, maybe
2: somewhere like that. Hmm. I mean, how big is Virginia?
1: <laughs> it's pretty big. There's a, but I'm not as familiar with Virginia as a, like I am with like the, you know, like the parts around Virginia Beach and Chesapeake. Like I yeah. could drive around there, like I could drive around home almost. But yeah, like Virginia is pretty big. Like you start to get up into like the Nova area, like of Richmond and all that oh, stuff. okay. And yeah. 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 So.
2: Well, he uh, he's from out that way. And uh, his his episode that we did, the one we did with him, that that's up right now. That that got released today. Hell yeah. So no one even really knows that it, that one even is, is even up yet. But it, but it is up. I got the word that it's up. We we usually do like a blurb on Facebook or something about a, 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 a brand new episode. Uh, later in the day, at a certain time, that it says that it's up, and that hadn't even gone out yet today, as far as I know. So, yeah, you're the first one to hear that that that, that episode with Sean Weingartner and the book that I spoke of. New episode out today.
1: Oh yeah, now I'll share it on the uh, podcast Instagram and stuff when I hop off here. So, you know, super cool. Oh yeah. Now I appreciate you coming on and uh sharing all that, man. And I'll make sure to put you know the website of that as well in the uh, the description of the episode too. So if people are interested, you know they can Great. it'll be make it easier to click on. But do you want to uh, let people know where they can find you so they can keep up with you know all your music and stuff like that? Yeah, you got coming.
2: Read my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a good place to go. It's hardly updated, but there's a good place to go just to see uh and and read some blurbs about about a lot of the things that I have going on. Um, whether it's updated or not, uh, <laughs> it's just jasonmcmaster.net. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, if they want to look at the Dangerous Toys show dates coming up, it's dangeroustoys.us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's me. Oh,
1: yeah. No, man, I'll definitely put that uh, link in the description as well, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to catch you guys on source sometime this year, you know, once it's, you guys hit the road again.
2: Yeah, we just do – the toys have – out-of-state stuff going on right now we're doing uh we're doing a couple around texas in the next few months but uh i think we have one in in hinkley minnesota in october that's with uh sebastian bach and uh oh, yeah. oh striper and all those guys. <laughs> you know, yeah you name a band they're probably on there kingdom come is on there <laughs> oh yeah la guns is on there so you know all of the uh all of the people you think will be there, they're going
1: to be there. Hell yeah. Well, I appreciate you for coming on the show, man, and for sharing everything. And uh, it was fun chatting with you.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, I, I didn't really know what I'd gotten myself into, but uh, I was game. So thank, <laughs> thanks for having me and making it fun.
1: No, I appreciate it, man. And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, well, weekend, I guess it's Friday. so. Yeah, that's right. Yes, sir. Have a fun weekend, man, and thank you. Take care. Have a good one. And as always, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as my guest is going to be the one and only Dan Seeley, vocalist of the band King 9. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all your updates. Don't forget that the Patreon is live for $2 a month if you want to go sign up for that. Also, don't forget to go check out my boy Loudmouth Threads who killed this original podcast artwork and stay safe.